0: Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. God is so good. Look at your neighbor and say, did you get baptized in bad vinegar? If I don't get them smiling, they're in trouble. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark. Chapter 2. <clears throat> Thank you. Verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightaway many were gathered together insomuch that there was Just a tiny little bit of room in the room. It says, no room to receive them. I've just seen if you're on your toes. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. I circled that, the word. And they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, that means the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And Jesus saw their faith. And he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Because of their faith, Jesus dealt with his issue. But now, can I just stop right there for a second? Because I just heard the Holy Spirit say this. Because of your faith, God will deal with the issues of those that you are bearing, that you are carrying. I want every mama in here who's got an unsaved child to hear what I'm about to say. God looks upon your faith when you're bearing someone else. God looks upon your faith And he will help deal with their condition if you can trust him and keep bearing them in faith, believing. The word says that a man and his household shall be saved. So I don't know about you, but that is good news to me. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts you ever notice, religion wants to argue. Verse 7, and why do this man speak such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? It's not an illegitimate question. Verse 8, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Rather it's easier to say to the sick of palsy, thy sins Be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. But now that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Mm. That's exciting right there. Look at that. As soon as this happened, everybody in the house erupted. Oh, this has to be God. This has to be God. Now, the argument is, who who does he think he is? The answer is, son of God, son of man. Mm, oh, we're going to have fun. So the last time, a couple weeks ago when I got into this, I kind of dove into the weaknesses of the church. And uh, <clears throat> I feel like the, the church... Uh, is like the man in this story. We need to bring the church back and lower it before Jesus. We need to start bearing the church again because the church has lost its way. Watched an expose on television last night uh, from, <clears throat> it was on, on Roku, if you want to go out and look at it. But it was, it was talking about the church and the church age. And it talked about all of the, the differences in the church today. The American, and it was called the American Jesus And it showed that we're as confused as a termite and a yo-yo, a wooden yo-yo. I mean, it just did. And as I watched it, my heart was kind of grieved. It's not that these people's intentions are wrong. Their intentions are right. But we're trying to make the church over to look like something we want it to look like. Bikers want it to look like a biker gang. Cowboys want it to look like a cowboy church. And I don't mind. I don't mind any of that. I'm not saying God can't use that. Don't mind that. You know, some of us, we want it to be entertainment with all the lights and the smoke and the. And the world is laughing at us. The world's laughing because they're not finding the power, they're just finding another type of show. And I'm not saying that any of these people are not sincere. And I'm not saying that people aren't getting born again. I'm just saying, as a whole, it's not palatable to the world. The church wasn't real happy about Jesus. Jesus would have been considered by the church an outlaw. In fact, we know he was was tried as an outlaw and crucified as an outlaw. That's not today's message. But I think it's important for us to understand it's time to start bearing up the church again. It's time to start praying that we get back to the fundamental truths of the word of God and begin to become like the Protocols, like Jesus. Jesus was the first man. He was the prototype. We're supposed to look like him, act like him, walk like him, talk like him, be like him. Mm. Would Jesus ride a Harley? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Would Jesus ride a horse? Well, sure he would. Come on. But here's the thing. It can't be about how we get them through the door. They should be coming through the door because we look like him. We preach the truth. Their needs are being met. Lives are being changed. We're trying to entertain them in the door when all we have to do is bear them up, tear the roof off so that Jesus can come out of the confined spaces so that they can meet him as Lord and Savior. Who could say amen to that? So Jesus, uh, so this man is being born by his friends. their faithful friends. The word makes it real clear that they uh, are faithful because they work real hard to get him to Jesus. And then when they get there and there's no way to get him in the building, they devise a plan. Aren't you glad for people who can come up with a way? Aren't you glad for people who think through a situation? They could have stopped right there and just took him back home, or they could have left him lay outside, hoping Jesus would just happen to see him when he passed by. But no, they wanted to make sure that they got him in. So they had enough faith initiative to tear the roof off, to break it up, knowing that somebody would have to repair the roof and these people's house, but they tore it up to get him in the presence of Jesus. So my first question is, are you a faithful friend? Are you one of those who cares and takes matters into their own hands and opens up opportunities and makes room in the lives of others for Jesus? That's what these men were doing. They were making room for Jesus in this man's life. They made room, they made provision, they used their faith. They wouldn't take no for an answer. And so I'm going to leave that hanging in the air today. Ask yourself deep in your own heart this question. Are you a faithful friend? Because that's who people need today. Faithful friends. People who will come here on a Wednesday night and learn the rudiments of the faith so that we can take it out to the world the rest of the week. People who will come on a Sunday morning but won't just come just to have church But we'll come in here, we'll stay in here as long as it takes for God to do what God needs to do in our heart, in our life, to make the adequate changes that need to be made so that we can represent him accurately. God is looking for faithful people. God is looking for a faithful generation. God is looking for people who are willing to have faith for someone else. Can you have faith for someone else? Do you know you you wouldn't focus and be nearly as torn apart by your problems if you took your faith and placed it on someone else's need and concentrated on that need more than your own? If you didn't wake up in the morning and go, I've got this problem and I've got that problem, but you, you raise up and you begin to pray for somebody else and you see that there's need in their life, you will be amazed at how your circumstances turn around when your focus isn't on you and your problem, but your focus is in faith for helping someone else. For God so loved the world that he gave. Mm. So here these men are, they're faithful friends, they tear the roof off of the place, and they lower their friend into the presence of Jesus. Why? Because over here in the first chapter, in the first part, I think it's in verse 2, and straightaway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. This man can't help himself, this man can't carry himself, this man can't operate, and sometimes when a person's that down, that sick, they can't even really muster faith. Can we be honest? They need someone to intercede. They need someone to stand in the gap. They need someone who can bear up their burden. They need someone who cares enough for them that I'll put my neck at risk and I'll work the work that you cannot work. I'll do what I can do to get you in front of the master so that the word that's being preached can change your life forevermore. How many knows that faith cometh by and hearing by the, oh, come on, we've got to have the word to have faith, to operate in faith. And so these faithful men understand that getting their friend in front of Jesus will make a difference. Jesus is preaching the word as they tear the roof off. Now, you know, that had to stop the teaching. You know, that had to garner attention for someone to be ripping off the roof. I imagine Jesus was probably stopped mid-sentence as they start hearing the roof breaking away, wondering what in the world. Maybe people in the room might have thought it's a Roman siege. Fear may have run through the room in some hearts, but Jesus understood what was happening. The omniscient God, the Holy Spirit telling him what was going on, even though he's in a human condition, the Holy Spirit is in tune, and this is one man who's in tune with God and the Holy Spirit. And the roof begins to tear away, and suddenly everyone sees a body being lowered through the hole in the roof. That had to be a pretty sizable hole. And I don't know how, if they did him under the arms, I don't know how they did it, but they got him down through the hole. And once the paralytic heard the word, once the paralytic heard the word, faith was incubated in his soul, in his heart, in his mind, in his spirit. Now, he didn't have any faith to get him in the room. His friends had that faith, but once he was before Jesus, there was an opportunity for faith to incubate. And Jesus looks at him and begins to deal with things. But I want you to see something. They lowered him in the hole, got him in front of Jesus, but healing didn't come just at hearing the word. Faith cometh by, but not necessarily healing. Oh, now hang on, don't get, don't get nervous. We're going somewhere. Healing didn't come just at the hearing. Faith comes by hearing. We know in Hebrews eleven six that without faith it is impossible to please God, impossible to receive anything from God if you don't have faith. Here's why healing didn't come at the initial speaking of the word. You want to you know that answer? There was a sin condition. Jesus always deals with the sin condition because that is the utmost important healing of all. Is that we and our heart is removed From the rebellion of our lifestyle and the sins and practices that put us at odds with God. You carry the DNA of the first man, Adam, and so you're naturally born rebellious. Everyone knows that. Everyone's raised a two-year-old or been around one anyway. Mm. But faith comes by hearing. But there was a sin condition, and Jesus aims at the heart of this man. It's the attitude of his mind that needs to be dealt with. How many remember the story of the man at the, by the pool, Bethesda? The man laying by the pool, and Jesus walks up and asks him what he wants. Well, of course he wants healing. Everybody laying by the pool wants healing. And then Jesus asks him a question. Okay, healing's not a problem, but will you be healed? Will thou be whole? Wilt thou be made right? Will you keep your heart right? Will you walk right? Will you you give your every effort to stay out of the sin that put you in this condition in the first place? Otherwise, you're just going to end up right back here. But if your heart truly wants free, you can be free. Is this all right? Mm, I'm having fun. I'm about to fall off my chair, though. So... I didn't get the chance to put screens up today, but if I was going to put a screen up, I would put this one up. Will you make the necessary changes to your lifestyle as to not waste God's provision? This is what's being asked of the paralytic. Before I get you off of that, mat, let's get your sin dealt with. Here in front of all of these witnesses, I want them to see where healing starts. Faith starts with the word, but healing starts when sin is dealt with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many are feeling that in your bones? Jesus didn't say arise to this man until he dealt with his issue. He dealt with the issue. He also used this opportunity to expose the sinful attitude of the onlooking church crowd. Are you with me so far? They were more concerned about what Jesus says than what he does for kingdom purpose. What? What? You would forgive this man of sin? Now, this is legitimate. Only God can deal with sin. Well, this was an opportunity for Jesus to lay claim to his position as the Messiah because he is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. As Son of Man, he is a man filled with God's Holy Spirit. As the Son of God, he is deity. (laughs) This is a unique situation. This man has been lowered in front of the Son of Man that the world only observes as a teacher, not understanding that this Son of Man is also the Son of God. And the word he preaches is the word, the light of all men. Hmm. But as the protocol, costs, this unique, one-of-a-kind, sinless man was absolutely the only one who could deal with sin because he was dispatched from eternity to time for sin's covering and removal. If I had a, if I'd have thrown this up on the screen, I want you to take note of this. We all have the power To forgive sin, but now hang on. We all have the power to forgive those who sin against us. I can't forgive your sin. That is between you and the Messiah. But I can forgive you if you sin against me. That's the power of forgiveness that I have. I can't remove your sin, but I can remove any guilt any feeling you'd have, I can remove my offense from you because I have the power to forgive you for messing me over. I have the power if you sin against me to release you. I have the power to set not only you, but me free. Because oftentimes we're held captive by the offenses of what other people have done to us. Isn't that amazing? This message has been done for two weeks, but it's speaking right now. I can't tell you how many times I've had to get off alone somewhere when I was nursing a grudge and just say, God, I choose forgiveness. And I've had to go to people who've hurt me and wronged me, and sometimes I've had to apologize to them. No one likes that. But sometimes I've had to go to them and say, I want to apologize to you because you did this and it caused an offense in me and I've been holding you in unforgiveness. And I'm asking for you to forgive me. If you can do that, you are on your way in Christ. You are no longer full of yourself if you can genuinely do that and genuinely forgive people. So the first thing that had to be dealt with was this man had a sin issue. He couldn't get healing. He could get faith sparked, but he couldn't get the healing he needed until the sin issue was dealt with in his life because sin separates us from God. That's why we needed the blood covering of Jesus Christ. Understand, Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. He hasn't given his life a sacrifice forever. Yet he's still already exercising the power of forgiveness from the heavenly throne, because he is the deity that has come to earth in the package of the Son of Man. And so we know the heart of Father God now, because Jesus is the prototype, and He came to show us the face of the Father, and what is the face of the Father that all might be free? That will all be released. That our sin condition will be under the covering of the blood for eternity, never again to be remembered against us, that we would be set free. This man was lowered down in bondage. This man was lowered down in a horrible condition. This man was lowered through a hole in the roof in, in incapacitated. He could not help himself. I want you to understand that there are people in this life who are so trapped in the condition of their sin that they can no longer help them. They can no longer help what they do. They just do it out of repetition. They do it out of addiction. They do it because they, they can't find another way. But I want you to understand that when Jesus brings them into the fold, he will bring them by the way of releasing them from the sin condition that holds them bound to the sickness that is killing them. Wow, I'm having fun already. Some of you look at me like, really? Yes, really. You see, the church crowd in this situation, they should have, they should have rejoiced. They should have rejoiced. Woo! No more animal sacrifice. No more temporary covering. There's somebody here who can release. And Jesus demonstrated it for them. First, he dealt with the sin. Then he healed the condition. And instead of finding something to gripe about or to complain about, they should have been rejoicing. No one else was doing what Jesus was doing. No one within the church walls was able to do what Jesus could do. And they were looking for their Messiah to come. And yet, while he's standing there, they want to fight him. Mm. (laughs) They didn't understand that now for this man, there was a permanent solution in store for him. Never again would this man have to go back to the animal sacrifice and ritual because Jesus has forgiven him and soon will die on the cross and he'll be covered for eternity. Now that sin has been dealt with, Jesus says to him, arise. Stand up. That's what it means. Stand up. That's what's wrong with the church. We need to stand up. We need to get back into the vertical position. Sin and death are horizontal strongholds. But life is vertical. Life is up and down. Death is horizontal. The word arise encompasses take a stand. In 2018, soon to be 2019, the church needs to take a stand. Listen, I don't care how popular it is. I don't care how much fun we get made of. I will never compromise the true, genuine, Holy Spirit move of God. That's right. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. As much as I like things of this world, I'm not going to fashion my church to look like a biker church. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not. I'm not banging on that. I'm not going to fashion the church to look like a cowboy church. I'm not going to fashion the church to look like a rock and roll show. I'm going to fashion the church to look like Jesus. As long as the Lord allows me to be in this position. I want you to know Passion Church will never compromise its position in Christ. Mm. I've got to hurry because I'm running out of Oh, I am about out of time. Arise encompasses to take a stand. Understand this, that this word arise means change has come. That's what needed to happen with this man is there needed to be a heart change. You came in bound by your sin, but how are you going to leave? You came in to hear and have your faith incubated, but once your faith is activated, what are you going to do with it? Change has come. I'm not where I was, and I'm not going back. I'm no longer playing games. This is a covenant agreement. It is a kingdom position. I am going to arise. I am going to change my position. I was in the horizontal throes of sin and death. But when I leave here, I'm going to be in the vertical stronghold of the life of Christ. I'm going to look different, walk different, be different, talk different. I want the world to see me differently. I don't want to come into the church and, be, uh, and leave the same way. You can come in a sinner and leave a sinner. You can run to the altar and still leave a sinner you can be baptized and still be a sinner but if you make up your heart and your mind that I'm going to stand up out of this condition I don't have to go back and do the things I used to do I can be free forevermore wow y'all are bringing it out of me if I had a screen today I would put on there arise is both is both Attitude and action. Arise is both an attitude and an action. It means changes will be made. Steps will be taken to bring about that change. Isaiah 60 and 1 says, Arise. From depression and prostration, in which circumstances have kept you, rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And when you say yes to Jesus and his word incubates faith in you and you take that faith and say, I'm going to get up out of this horizontal stronghold and stand up vertically in life, then understand this, you would now have the mind and mental capability and the right attitude to go on and fulfill what it is that God has designed for your life. You can live the remainder of your days no longer bound by the faith. Wings that once bound you, no longer holding you down, no longer crippling you, but you have the power and the ability in Christ to walk out so different than the way you came in. Wow. <laughs> the fulfillment of Isaiah 60 and 1, this prophetic statement is now for Israel but happening literally in the life of this one Israelite at this moment. That prophetic word has been given and it's being fulfilled because Jesus, the light, is standing there. Arise and shine, for thy light has come. And the whole church crowd inside those walls should have fell on their face and glorified God and let Him know how glorious and wonderful. And thank you, God, that you've shined upon mankind and you've sent a man like no other, one that we've been looking for. One who would bring the kingdom of God to earth and make it tangible and touchable. Mm, I'm having fun. Oh, mm. and so this thing was being fulfilled but no more was it being fulfilled for Israel and the gentile nations as it was for this man in this moment Jesus makes the proclamation I the son of man have the power to forgive sin I the messiah The Messiah. I could tell you something scientifically that'll blow your mind right there, but I gotta stop. I'm telling you, my 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 whole world has been rocked this week, Pastor Jerry. I have been rocked because God is showing things, secret things that have been hidden through the ages are now being revealed. Mm -hmm. So, while the church is watching this one man is having his encounter with the Messiah. And a paradigm shift in the operation of faith has just happened. It's no longer just for kings and for prophets. It's for everyone. God wishes that no one should perish. And he's making it so that every man, woman, boy, and girl can stand in the presence of God and know him as he is. It's not just a someday hope. It is here and it is happening in this moment, in this man's life, while everyone is watching on. And finally, Jesus commands him, pick up your bed. Now he has arisen because it says immediately when Jesus said arise, he stood up. It didn't take him a long time to deliberate, I want this. I've seen people come in, and you have too, and you witness to them, and you work with them, and you lead them right up to salvation, and they go, well, uh, come on, we've all been there. You may have been there at one stage of your life. Uh, Because there's that little lie on the other side from the mouth of the punk the enemy that tries to convince you you're gonna miss out on something if you make this decision. How many of you, once you've made the decision, missed out on anything? I missed out on nothing. Nothing. Except heartache and misery and pain and suffering. Mm. So here he says, Pick up your bed. Here's what, it, here's what he's saying. Pick up the remains of your past condition and carry it out of here for everyone to see. Can I say that again? Pick up the remains of your past condition and carry it out of here for everyone to see. <laughs> because the miraculous change that God has brought into your life, and you have you were carried into God's presence by someone else, but you are leaving in your own resurrection power. Empowered by God, your past is now over, and you are carrying the proof. Keep it before you what God has done, so that you may show others. I can't tell you how many times I've opened my closet door and drug out the most deplorable filth to show somebody else what God has healed me from. And there was a time in my life when I was convinced that you had to hide all of that and pretend it never happened. But I've also learned the most freeing thing a man can do is to own up to his mistakes from the past, to stand up and say, that's what I used to be. That's not what I am now. Let me show you the mat that carried me into Jesus on. Let me show you the condition that got me to the altar. Let me show you the thing that my friends and my grandmas and my my, my other prayer warriors, my mama and my daddy and those and my life who've been praying for me and praying for me and praying for me they got me in front of the master because they kept crying out my name they were real friends and true friends in my life and they called out my name and as they called out my name they made a way for me to get in to hear the word so that faith could be incubated on the inside so that when the sin condition was dealt with i could stand up and show the world what god has delivered me from I'm done, I'm done. (laughs) So now you're empowered by God. Your past is over and you are carrying the proof. Keep it before you so what God has done, you can show others. Then he tells him, Go home. Go home. I would have said, Fix the roof. But Jesus said, Go home. Go back to your world, trumpeting what God has done, teaching others to avoid the paralyzing effects of sinful practice. Now, you, paralytic, you be a friend. And make room for Jesus in your friends' lives. That's the responsibility given to him. Not only to get free, stay free. This is the command that we have in Christ Jesus. When God sets you free, whom the Son sets free is free. is free. So honest and truly, we have no excuse to run back. And if we should run back and make a mistake, slip, or even intentionally blow it, if we come back with a repentant heart, the word makes it very, very clear that we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus covered all the bases. If a man dies short of God, and he's had that chance for faith to incubate, he goes to his judgment solely based upon his own rebellion to truly embrace the truth because to truly embrace the truth means I'm not coming back. I'm gonna walk the rest of my life changed. Not only changed, but changing from one level of goodness and grace and mercy and glory to another. That I'm gonna keep graduating every test. I'm gonna keep standing every time circumstance fights me. I'm gonna arise every time I stumble. I'm going to get back up and get back in the fight every time I blow it. Because I intend to use what the master has given me for his eternal glory. Can you say amen? We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win. All about building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website, passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.